Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your trusted resource for the latest strategies, tactics, and tips on running a high-performance sales development program. Sales development has grown to become a critical part of the success of high-growth companies, and we dive in each week on how to specifically make your program successful and accelerate your career advancement. Subscribe at iTunes, YouTube, and jump on the newsletter over at 10pound.com to make sure you never miss an episode. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am very excited about our guest today. Scott Logan is the VP of Marketing at Chronologic and someone I've worked with on several different projects. Scott, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So Scott, tell us you know, about what you're doing over at Chronologic right now and how you clawed your way up to VP of Marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So the big idea of Chronologic is basically turning time into value and, and making the, the time a rep spends on their job the most valuable and towards the best, best activities that they can at every moment in time. But as far as like where I came from and, and why you even maybe had me on the podcast as a, as a marketing person is because back in the single digit days of 2000s, I started as a sales rep and then you know felt the pain and the grit of selling b2b and thought is there a way to do this but still have some fun in the selling without the commission stress and i found a marketing operations job that was called marketing development manager for lack of a better term because there literally was a lack of a better term and it was for Optum United Health Group company, the software side. Our business unit was a, at the time a mere $6 billion, which was a fraction of their, their worth. But it was great because I got in on the ground floor of marketing operations to see how these campaigns should work and, and evolved and to see where best practices were. But the funny thing was, is I thought I had escaped sales at that point. And what ended up happening is we'd have like 100 webinar registrants and like 80 would attend when you could get high attendee rates. And we would hand these leads off to these sales reps that had two-year sales cycles on multi-million dollar deals. And they're like, webinar lead? And no, I don't think so. And so one of our supervisors said, well, I used to work at a call center. I could probably get some, an advice switch hooked up to you, to each one of you and an email. And why don't you just qualify the leads? And everyone but us thought that that was a fantastic idea. So here I am working on landing pages and reporting on the funnel and building out marketing automation workflows. At the same time, I have a headset on, scheduling my bathroom breaks and taking calls and answering emails against the campaigns I'm working on. What I didn't know at the time was that that was going to be the best breeding ground for becoming a demand gen leader because I understood the sales side. I understood the SDR role, which was still developing at the time. And I understood how the messaging relayed into what the sales rep says. And then is the AEM handing this off to going to complain or be happy about what I'm delivering? And, And so from there on, I went into customer experience and sales experience or engagement software. And I've been there for the last decade. Wow. Okay. So that was a real trial by fire, man. They just hooked you up and they were like, here you do. It's almost like a startup kind of situation. You Here, you just do everything and let us know how it goes. Yeah. It was a bit of a internal skunk work, works project because 
there were about seven divisions, maybe five divisions. And there was one of us assigned to each one of those software divisions from hospitals and clinics. I was on the insurance side and they were just like, I think this can build better pipeline. And we were just learning by trial and error. It was, it was crazy. Okay. So you've got, you've got both sides of that. And then the other thing you, that you said that is really interesting is time into value. Because, you know, as being in that position and then working with SDRs, your time is like your most precious resource, right? So when you said time, turning time into value, what does that mean to you? Yeah, so there is essentially one finite resource that everyone has for every role, every job, and that's time. And so right now, there's no way to scale that or nor will there ever be. And when it comes to the marketing and sales funnel and building pipeline for AEs to close, there's a situation that we call the last mile problem. And it's because sales reps have a very hard time getting the right actions prioritized in order to maximize their their time. Because right now for a B2B SDR and almost any vertical they can, especially software, I guess, is where the basis for this stat goes, but I've seen anywhere from 10 to 15 opportunities per SDR that are actually accepted and by the AE and the AE is willing to put a target on their back for that stage one deal. And, you know, if you want to double pipeline, you look and you barely scrape by getting the, to the pipeline that you have because SDR teams work like crazy to get there and, and marketing teams are just throwing so much at them that when they get the uh, the goal of doubling or even you know taking 50% increase you're like so where is the time for this that's kind of what we're going and we can dive into that if you want well so okay so you said a few things there so you said only 10% of the opportunities are actually being accepted by the sales team when you look at the data and so what's going on with all the other ones <laughs> like and if if we want to increase that then there's not enough we can't just throw more time and more phone calls and more emails and stuff like that. So how do we increase that and solve that last mile? Because it sounds like what you're saying is that we do all this activity and we set people up for you know having that next conversation to build the pipeline, but then something's like dropping in the middle there between setting them up and having the conversation, right? Yeah. And it's probably more than 10%. I was referring to just to set the stage about 10 to 15, like sales qualified opportunities that the SDR can generate per SDR per month. And sometimes I can go up and down, but whatever your number is that your SDR team kind of maxes out on at, you have to now scale by people. And it's not always to scale easy to scale by people, especially with that role, because you have to find them, you have to train them, then you have to ramp them. And now you're a quarter in and you're like, well, I needed that pipeline, like at the beginning of Q1, not the beginning of Q2. And now you're running behind and everyone's working crazy hours again. So just to take a step back a little bit on the marketing side, less than a handful of people can basically build this engine that has like ABM intent scores that, that scores accounts and, and pulls contacts to push ads to, and then those ads engagement and, and submissions can go into a marketing automation funnel. And then they get nurtured because now we know who they are and what content they like. And they go into that persona and content track. 
And then once they have engagement there and they have the right intent score, the right lead score, we know what they're interested in. We append the contact information with a data tool and then it gets shot over to sales. Like that can infinitely scale with just a few less people turning not with just a few people, just turning knobs and throwing more money at it, essentially. Now, demand gen folks know that there's a lot more to it, but from the sales perspective, that's what happens. And leave it to me to say, the marketing team has it all figured out and it's all the sales fault because that's where you know you think I might be going, but I've been on both sides. So I'm gonna flip to the other side and look back at marketing and being like, you have all this software, all this automation, and you're literally handing us a lead list? I have lead lists. Oh, but yours are MQLs. Oh, but yours are hot leads. Oh, but these are trade show booth conversations. Oh, (laughs) thanks for the lead list. And then what that means for you is you use some kind of sales engagement tool, which are great, by the way. It absolutely organizes and optimizes and, and prioritizes what SDRs should work on. They're fantastic. I've worked at two companies that provide that solution. The problem is, is every one of those leads is accompanied with eight to 10 tasks over 10 to 14 days. So let's just take a small world where you have, you know, a list of a hundred leads coming over from a trade show that are, you know, quote unquote qualified. Well, that's a thousand tasks. And then if you build that up to like, you got a thousand leads coming over. Now that's 10,000 tasks that your three, 20 or hundred person SDR team, depending on how big your company is, has to go through. And that's an incredible amount of time. And they're going to go through naturally because I did this and everyone else does this too. I see it. They're going to pick out the best stuff that they see that they can convert, that they know. And anywhere between 50 to 60, even up to 80% of those other potentially good opportunities just fall to the floor. And more specifically, that is the last mile problem that even the companies that provide solutions to fix have. Got it. Okay. So what do we, what do we do with those then? It seems like, I mean, it's kind of scary. I mean, just in most companies, there's, you're leaving a lot of money on the table with the process, but what should we do about that? Yeah. So we have a benchmark report coming out in, you know, in a few months. And what we found is that 30% of reps time is spent actually chasing that meeting chasing a time to book or finding out where that is. So you get into a situation where all this time that you want to be spending prepping for calls and and holding these demo calls, you just scramble to do what you can. Sometimes you even forget to pull into AE or the AE doesn't have time. And so you have to do it on your own, but they want to deep dive. It can be very chaotic and stressful. And here you are having to carve out massive chunks of time to just chase people down. So what we've done, and I don't want this to sound like a a product pitch, but it's essentially something that we've created called the calendar first methodology. And what this does is takes a look at this whole process and says, all right, if you know who you want to reach out to based on their intent, their lead score, all those things I mentioned before, and you know, you know, their contact information, and you're willing to go have an SDR, call them, interrupt their day on the SDR's timeline, and then at just the right time, just the right moment with the right email message, with the right cold call, borrow 37 seconds of their time. And now you're getting them ready to have the meeting and the discussion that they wanted to by setting that up and qualifying them. When really you eliminate 
the barrier of whatever it is that you're selling to whichever department, you're eliminating the worry of them having to say, oh, I got to talk to an SDR. And that's probably just going to be a qualification call. And then maybe in a few more days, we'll set up a time to talk and have the conversation I want. And then the SDR is thinking, oh my goodness, I have to go chase this lead list down and it's going to waste time. And I'm probably not going to get a hold of them. Or if I do, they're going to be mad that I'm interrupting their day. And so what we say is we just send the calendar. Don't be fixing to get ready to using, we're a Texas company, using a Texas term, fixing to get ready to the store. Don't be fixing to get ready to have the meeting they want. Just have the meeting, just send the invite. And we're finding that when you just send the invite, it's the best sign of intent of in-market because if they accept it, yep, you were right. Your hunch was right. All that work you did on the front end confirmed, they just want to meet and it just gets put on their calendar. And now you don't have to chase them. If they decline it, then they most likely weren't in market. And if they do decline, you can always follow up to say, hey, if this is, if this time doesn't work, can we meet again? And then maybe you can ask a follow-up intriguing question to keep the conversation going outside of that, because now you have a very strong and reasonable reason to be reaching out to them. And for Chronologic, we put automation backed by AI behind that to do all of that for the rep. And then all of a sudden you're really on a scalability track to where you can go through basically having a rep wake up and not see five form submissions that they need to go chase after. They wake up and they see five meetings booked on their calendar that they can now go do some solid prep work, bring in the right AE, do the right research and have a really quality meeting to build the value, which is essentially the point of the SDR in the first place. But we've gotten so sidetracked by the chasing that that in some worlds is the job. Let me get this straight. Okay. So essentially through all of your automation and everything, you know that it's the right person. So that part you're pretty confident about. So you're not just going to set up a meeting with some rando, right? Correct. And so, you know, it's the right person. So are you sending out a calendar link to someone and saying, just pick a time or is it an actual calendar, you know, invite, like as though you know the person and they're sending you a calendar invite? Great question. So we call that link-based scheduling, which again, has its purpose and in many regards is great. When someone absolutely wants to meet with another person, they're willing to put in the time to look at their calendar. Like if someone wants to meet with David Delaney and they're trying to fix their inside sales team or they're trying to fix their SDR team processes, then for sure, I'm going to go and click on your link and I'm going to go find you. But if you're a sales rep and specifically like a junior level SDR, asking a executive, hey, here's an amazing message and some intriguing questions. Oh, by the way, go ahead and click this link. So a lot of those messages can be automated. So you've made the job in the world of the SDR in that world very easy, but you've just put all the work on the buyer. So now this executive has to open up both calendars, go back and forth, find the right meeting time that works for them, click the meeting time, select what type of meeting, and then fill out a form on top of it in order to meet with someone who's going to get them to the meeting they want. It's just a, it just is, puts everything on the wrong foot to use a quote from one of our customers. So what we do is we actually send out the meeting invite itself that has a, it's a special format that we use that has an email message that's tagged on the bottom of the invite that gives context. And we use a very specific subject line of the meeting that, and you should do this actually, I'll I'll go down this just a couple steps because everyone should do this in sales anyway, when you send a meeting invite is 
tailor the subject line of that meeting invite to be specifically what you're looking at or what you're wanting to do and accomplish with a very detailed agenda that's a three to five step agenda so they know what's coming. Don't send a sync or an intro or a meetup or a catch up or follow up. And the test here is if I could turn to my coworker and I'd say, hey, David, would you like to meet up tomorrow or would you like to sync tomorrow? You're going to be like, why? Yeah, no, thank you. And if I said, hey, David, would you like to grab a drink and discuss best practices on go to market? You're going to say, hell yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Let's do it. You can even use your own terminology there if your vernacular is well known. And it just makes acceptance rates go way higher, sets expectations the right way. And so that's what we do. And we use a natural language processor to negotiate back and forth. But in this fashion, you can automate the personalization of it, sync it to your sales team's calendars and almost infinitely scale it. Yeah. And so what I want to figure out, and I'm sure that you guys have thought about this is, One is if somebody randomly sends me a calendar invite, like a thing on my calendar and it just pops up on the calendar, like that's a little bit, there's a little bit of an ick factor there. Cause I'm like, who the hell is this person? And like my calendar is almost like this sacred, you know, real estate because Mm -hmm. it's my whole life. Right. And then the other thing is, you know, one time I was using a calendar link, I won't say the name of the company, but they just raised a ton of money and I kind of said it. And a CEO of a major company popped a, you know, a calendar invite on my calendar out of nowhere. And I was in Arizona and I live in San Francisco. (laughs) So I'm in Arizona on a vacation with my family. And I'm like, I got to go meet with this guy. So I had to drop everything, you know, get on a plane, leave my family, come all the way back to San Francisco. (laughs) So I could meet this guy. So if your calendar is not like on point, and you don't put everything in your calendar, then all of a sudden you might have to leave your family in Arizona and fly back to San Francisco. So that's a lot there. So I'm just, those are just personal things, but how do you make it where it's, it's like permission based and what do you do with people whose calendar is kind of a mess? Yeah. So now you've allowed me to unpack a few things on your side. (laughs) So I also was extremely skeptical and kind of sat on this idea for a long time, almost a year before I even like engaged the chronologic team about this idea that they had proposed to me actually at the 10 bound conference is where I met them first. And I had another organization say, Hey, your results from that sponsorship you did at our event was fantastic. But if you want to increase that and make your next year sponsorship, because we were in renegotiation meeting, even better, then you should use these guys because listen to what they're doing. And obviously this is an inbound motion, but they say you came back with 55 form submissions from your ask for a demo in your booth. And it just ended up generating five opportunities. And I gave like Yeti mugs to everybody because we had some left over from last year and all these things. So that was fantastic. But they had 25 submissions. 25 calendars booked on their calendars in real time, even before the conference was done. And every single one of those meetings held. It goes the same to say in an outbound motion, if you are hosting a webinar and you know who attended, which shows higher intent, you know who answered which polling questions, which way shows higher intent. And you now know the demographic and firmographic of that person and company. 
and you're willing to have an SDR, some a 20-something, interrupt the day of a VP on the phone to have a conversation. And if they say yes, then it's actually more courteous to say, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to call you an email with all these different tricks that we put into chasing someone down or value-added messaging. I shouldn't say tricks. And you make it easy. Hey, we're going to have this meeting. It's about this. And here's why we think you want to have this meeting. Yes, boom, I want it. And then the next day, they're actually having that discussion they were looking for in the first place, or they would have said yes to, to your SDR. And then if they say, no, I don't want it, then it shows, well, that's okay. You can now nurture them right away. And your SDR team doesn't have to go chase them down to get that meeting, to get that no. You've just eliminated hours of time that they would have gotten to get to that no point, And they can use that for meeting prep in the future. It actually is more courteous when you think about 100%. it in the time realm of what is important in people's day. That executive, it's more important for that person to spend that time doing what they were doing. It's more important for you to spend your time prepping for the meeting that this will just book for you automatically. And as far as the you're on vacation and you don't have your calendar booked out, you just propose a new time or you just decline and the message kicks back and says, well, what time do you want to meet? And then however you want to respond, whether you're doing it through a scalable way, like through calendar first methodology, or if you're just doing it on your own, you just respond with time that does work with what they say. Yeah. Don't be a disorganized mess with your calendar, like get it on point first, <laughs> you know? Sure. And it's amazing because this is truly the last mile, dude. This is sick because we're trying to get meetings, right? We're trying to get appointments and, and we do all this chasing and all this message. Let's just cut to the chase, get right into this. And, you know, okay, so this is what you guys are doing, but can you do this if first of they have to call you and talk to you about it, but if they just have a calendar and they don't have the supercharged, you know, stuff that you have, can you still do this? Or is it just, you have to have one of these tools? Sure, you can. We've had webinars where someone said, hey, I love that you're talking about this because it's been working for me for six months or whatever. Yeah, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's not exactly. going to work anymore. Because you don't want right. this to be out for everyone, but it so... It does, but there's so many restrictions because you only have so many time spots that you can book out. You only have so many slots in your day where you can do this with, and you're, you're like double booking meetings is very difficult. So the way our automation does it is there's a hidden calendar that places a time in an open time spot for a rep and it even like double books it. And then when they accept it, it will rebook the next time for the two meetings that were there and you can rebook things in your calendar too. So it, it, that's where I say it's scalable to where you can go. The rep literally does nothing. They go about the regular day. They don't have to be conscious of when they're scheduling other meetings. They don't have to be conscious of anything. They just literally do their job. And in the background, as people interact with your messages and your calendar invites, it starts shifting and, and molding your schedule. You know, I've been here a little bit now and ran several campaigns through it. And I would say less than 1% of people complain. And I would say that maybe five to 10% of people who do accept it, which we're getting very high acceptance rates, like any for your channel, for our channels, I would say double to triple or more based on what kind of tactic you're using for what type of business scenario. But people will say, Hey, this is great. I love your tactic. We had an enterprise VP of a company that we never thought we'd be speaking to on a first, first try saying, this is fantastic. I love your approach. Let's talk. Thanks for you know, making this easy. 
And so those are the kinds of responses we're actually getting. And I've only had one email where someone, you know, said, Hey, stop. I've seen, even before I joined, I tested it out with my own SDR team and saw similar results. It just wasn't scalable. The job of being, I mean, all the chasing and all the rejection and just all that stuff is tough. I mean, do you feel like from a, like a job satisfaction? I mean, just the fact that you're get going faster to book the meetings, which is the whole point of the job. I mean, do you feel like people feel better about you know what they're doing? Yeah. So there's a few hidden benefits, if you will, or unseen benefits, because it has nothing to do with the tactic you're using or what you're saying or, or using Chronologic or someone else or whatever it is. But because you're spending more time in those meetings, that's where like the excitement of sales happens. The excitement of sales happens when you're talking to someone in a very, you know, value added conversation about using the product that you're selling, that you're seeing that what you're selling them is going to solve massive problems that are troubling them and they're excited about it. You're excited because you're helping them and you're going to hit your, you're going to retire some quota. And that's where the energy and and the excitement and the happiness of, of the sales role comes into play. And for the SDRs where you have really high retention rates, I think there's a stat that says like 14 months is the average SDR role. And, you know, they're either quitting or moving on to CS or moving on to an AE or, or something like that. You can maintain that and have less of those struggles as a business leader just right then and there with that alone. Yeah, 100%, dude. I love it. I love it, man. The wheels are turning right now because it's like, how do you sort of, I mean, I like the way that you put the last mile, you know, how do you, how do you sort of bridge that last gap where a lot of the stuff is just falling through the cracks? What's next for you and, and for, for the Chronologic team? Yeah. So what we're doing right now is basically solving these problems in all different departments of the revenue engine. Organizations. Some organizations start with the CSM team for us. Some organizations just transitioned their field reps to inside reps, and there's a hundred or multiple hundred or even a dozen, and they have no SDR function. And they go back to my world of like 2008, where it's like, you're not going to give a full cycle rep who's trying to close massive deals webinar leads to follow up with. So this helps with that. They don't have to spend time there. And there's all sorts of applications that customers are saying, I think I want to use it here. And then as we see success, we're tailoring it, making guides, the marketing side, obviously. What I tell marketing leaders actually is, wouldn't you love to, instead of giving the SDRs lead lists, wouldn't you just love to just put demo meetings on their calendar? And they're like, yeah, wouldn't (laughs) that make you hit your pipeline number faster? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, let's give this a shot. And you know, we're like 50-50 on marketing versus sales it's, that actually is signing the contract. But what's even beyond that is something that we'll be probably focusing on once we get more best practices and, and, and lay this out a little bit more is the idea of calendar monetization. And I was doing this just by happenstance of learning it along the way of w- working for a couple different sales enablement companies which is forecasting based off of the dates that meetings are being set for. And our platform has that as the core report. And it was just ironic that I was extremely familiar with it because my SDR leader from you know, a handful of years ago says, this is how I figured out how to manage our pipeline better just for the SDR team because there's no leading indicators that were accurate before you hit that 
accepted opportunity by the AE. And so we lay out a calendar that just has your week in a timeline and you see how many meetings are set to happen on each day for whatever segment of your team or the whole team you want. And then as a marketing leader, it's awesome because I can see like at the beginning of the last week of the month, I can already see if we're going to be behind or not for the next month's number. And I can ramp up action or, or decrease action. And the relationship there between the marketing team and the demand gen team specifically and the SDR team, that's where your synergy is more than just creating that relationship of going out for, for drinks and things, which is super, super important. Even doing that with the reps in the demand gen team is very important to create that candid feedback loop. But when you're talking to the leaders and you're sweating about your numbers, being able to use those meetings set out, looking at the sources of them, looking at which reps are doing it and how they're doing it is an amazing telltale indicator on your opportunity count coming up. It's a huge opportunity. Well, Scott, thank you so much for jumping on the Sales Development Podcast. How do we get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can go to chronologic.ai if you're interested in learning more about Chronologic. We'll be going through a website upgrade here in the next several months, so you'll be able to get an interactive experience there once that's done. If you want to reach out to me specifically, you can just reach out to scott.logan at chronologic.ai. That's awesome. We'll put the links in the comments. And Scott, thanks for sharing this, man. I'm going to go ramp up my calendar strategy right now. So appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, David. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.